I mean, Ben-Hur, rowing that Roman galley while that guy whipped him, and the other guy banged on that big drum, got more downtime than we do. We were in Cassie's barn. It was the next day, after the others had got back from school. I was in the rafters, in my usual place. From there, I could look out through the hayloft to see Cassie's house and the driveway, and I could listen to sounds coming from outside. I could know whether anyone was sneaking up on us. Our lives have become Nintendo games, Marco went on, enjoying the sound of his own outrage. We're always walking down some dark hallway with our blasters drawn, and there's an endless array of enemy guys. We blow them up, but they keep coming. When do we get to hit the pause button? When do we get to switch over to a nice, peaceful ribbon? When do we get to turn off the power and put down the joystick and just veg out with some HBO? When do... When do we get to shut you up? Rachel interrupted. When do we get to switch you off? I mean, good grief, Marco. You act like you have something better to do. Before we became Animorphs, your entire day consisted of figuring out which girl to annoy next. Marco grinned. And now, I always know which girl to annoy next. He put his arm around Rachel and laid his head on her shoulder. She laughed and shoved him away. It was just a dumb little routine, but I felt a flash of jealousy. There are little intimacies that most humans can have that I can't. I can't shake hands or hug or lay my head on anyone's shoulder. And, as I'd expected, Cassie had questioned me closely, listening intently to everything I related about my meeting with DeGrote. Marco came up with about eight different ways it could all be a scam. But then I told them all this new piece of information. A hork kid was on the loose. That's when Marco had started ranting and raving. Okay, Jake said. We have a lot happening at once, and we can't blow off any of it. We need to find out if the Groat is for real or a controller. We need to find out the same about this possible cousin, Arya. And we need to try and find this little lost hork 24 hours plus last night, plus this morning while we were in school. Coming up on 48 hours, he's been missing. I hate to think what could be happening to him, Cassie said. Jake nodded, but Marco said, No, wait. You should try and think of what's happening to him. What are the possibilities? I assume that any human would recognize this hork child as an alien, Axe wondered. No, not necessarily, Cassie said. Most people don't believe you aliens exist, Rachel said. Axe nodded, a gesture he'd picked up from humans. Then what might a human think this creature is? Deformed, Cassie speculated. Affected by birth defects. Or seriously sick, 
The average, fairly decent human would think of taking it to a hospital, I said. Or calling an ambulance, Cassie added. The average, not-so-decent human might decide to shoot it, I said. Or stick it in a cage and charge people to look at the freak. Jake nodded in agreement. Yeah, okay. Marco, get on the internet and look for any news reports or whatever. Axe, you help him. Cassie and I will go back to the valley entrance, morph wolves, and see if we can pick up Beck's scent. Rachel, you're with Tobias. Figure out if the Grote and this Aria woman are controllers. Follow them. Watch them. How long do we have till your birthday, Tobias? Um, three days? I asked. Today's the 23rd. When's your birthday? The 25th, I think. 26th? Marco laughed. Then I guess he realized I wasn't kidding. I don't... I don't exactly remember. Not for sure. But I think it's in three days. I forced a laugh. Just don't ask me how old I am in bird years. Chapter 11 I felt uncomfortable being paired with Rachel. She'd seen me eating roadkill. She hadn't mentioned it, and I didn't think she would. Rachel's blunt, but sensitive enough, too. Still, uncomfortable or not, I wasn't going to start arguing with Jake. I have my problems in life. He has his. I'm not going to complicate his situation. Besides, what could I say? I'd rather work with Cassie because she doesn't know I eat roadkill? Rachel went into her bald eagle morph. I've seen her do it many times before, of course. But, for some reason, this time, it fascinated me. Is that the right word? No, it mesmerized me. Rachel is a beautiful girl. She's beautiful in that way you know will last her whole life. She'll be a beautiful woman. But beauty alone isn't that big a thing. What makes Rachel, Rachel, is what's inside. And watching her morph to eagle was like seeing her soul emerge through her flesh. Feather patterns appeared across her skin. The golden hair gave way to the characteristic white feathers of the baldy's crown. Her arm bones narrowed and hollowed and grew feathers to become wings. Her face, never exactly soft or inviting, became forbidding and intense. Her blue eyes turned golden brown and glared with the fierce glare of a raptor. Her lips became the eagle's huge beak. She grew smaller, but she was becoming one of the largest birds in existence. Was she more beautiful to me because she was a bird now? No, of course not. For one thing, eagles and hawks don't mate. For another, her eagle morph is male. But sometimes it seemed to me that this body suited her better than her own. Her own body misled people with superficial resemblances to the glossy images of magazine models. This body was Rachel. Fast, strong, smart, intense, and dangerous. Ready? She asked. Ready, I said. She spread her wings, so much broader than my own. I am proud of being a red-tailed hawk, but there is no avoiding the fact that the human eye is drawn to a bald eagle. P. 
People can see me and think, what is that, a big brown crow? But when you see a baldy floating on the air, with its six-foot wingspread and yellow beak and unmistakable white head, you know you're looking at something special. I read once that Benjamin Franklin wanted the wild turkey to be the official symbol of the United States. But, come on! He must never have seen a bald eagle. We caught a late afternoon thermal and rode it high into the air. Rachel had her wings, but I had my experience, so I kept pace with her easily enough. Not to brag, but when you can add human intelligence onto bird instinct, you get so you can outfly just about anything in the air. Instinct only takes you so far. I didn't mention it to Jake, but I've already spent the morning observing DeGroat. I said, Why him? Why not this Aria person? Rachel asked. I know him. He was easy to observe. Plus... Plus what? I'd been about to say that the very idea of Arya made me nervous. Unsettled. Nothing. Let's go see if we can find her. I know what hotel she's in. I know the room. I morphed a human and called the hotel. How did you get a quarter for the phone? With these eyes? Coins shine in the sunlight. You fly around outside coin-op laundromats or the drive through lane at McDonald's, you'll find a dropped quarter sooner or later. Rachel laughed like that was the funniest thing in the world. You are the world champion of coping with weird situations, she said. Yeah, well, not always. Sometimes I just whip out. What do you mean? Let's crank it to the west a little more, catch this trailing breeze, and take a load off our wings, I said. Ah, something you don't want to talk about. That's cool. We turned west and felt the propulsion of the wind coming around behind us. Flying is a lot like sailing. You can fly against the wind, but it'll wear you down fast. You can sort of tack, flying against the wind by turning at angles to it. But when the wind is cooperating and going your way, hey, you ride it and be thankful. It's no big thing, I said with a dismissive laugh. A little bird-on-bird problem. So, give me the 411 already, she grumped. We have 10, 20 minutes of flying, and I forgot to bring a book to read. It's nothing. It's this hawk that's trying to move in on my meadow. I felt like an idiot the minute the words were out of my head. This was like the old Tobias style, treating people to displays of stupidity and weakness. No wonder I'd gotten beat up so often when I was a human. It was like I was begging people to sneer at me. Brilliant, Tobias, I muttered to myself. Rachel, of all people, is really going to appreciate some pathetic story of how you can't stand up to a bird. What, is he bigger than you? Why didn't I just keep my mouth shut? Forget it. I just haven't decided the right time to kick his butt. Yeah, right. That was believable. There's the hotel. We need the 23rd floor. I said. Room 2306. It's supposed to be facing the city view. Chapter 12 My heart was beating even faster than usual. 
I might be about to see a cousin who wanted to take me in. Or I might be sniffing around the edges of a clever trap. I counted up the floors to 23. We swept around the building to the city side. It is especially thrilling flying around tall buildings. Something about being outside a skyscraper really reminds the human part of you how high up you are. You can imagine humans suddenly outside and picture their helpless terror as they fall and, well, like I said, it reminds you. With the sun at this angle, I'm having a hard time seeing inside the windows. I complained. Really? Not me. Rachel said. Bald eagles hunt fish. I pointed out. Your eyes are evolved to see down through water, even if there are reflections on the water. I eat mice and rabbits. Rabbits? You take what you can get, and don't start in with Thumper from Bambi, or Peter Rabbit, or the Easter Bunny. Rabbits are prey, just like mice. I was just gonna say that sounded tastier than mice. I mean, people eat rabbits, or at least they used to. In the old cowboy movies, didn't they shoot rabbits and cook them up with a mess of beans? Absolutely. Exactly. Nothing wrong with eating a rabbit. Unless he's named Bugs. Hey, I see a woman in that room. Um, third window from the end. I can't see clearly. Probably a good thing. She's changing. Ah, you mean she's changing clothes, right? Not morphing. She's morphing from a pair of sweatpants and t-shirt into her dress. The dress is, oh, about three, four years out of date. So maybe she really was in Africa, if that's even her. Or maybe she doesn't keep up with fashion. I see a lot of camera equipment. That'd fit with the whole nature photographer thing. The glare is shifting. Is it safe for me to look? Are you always this nice about being a peeping Tom? I am never a peeping Tom, I said sharply. Then I softened my tone. I cannot use my superpowers for evil. Rachel laughed. Okay to look now. I banked into a turn, flapped to keep my altitude, then glided as slowly as I could, 40 feet out from the window. She was maybe 25 or 30. She had dark hair, pulled back into a ponytail. Not tall, not short. Thin. She seemed very tan. Does she look like anyone in your family? Rachel asked. No. I mean, I don't know. According to DeGroat, I have some father I didn't even know about. So who knows if she looks like family? How do we find out? I didn't answer. The truth is, I hadn't really heard Rachel. I was off in my own mind, watching the strange woman who said she wanted to take care of me. Why? Why would someone want to take care of me? She didn't know me. So why? Because of some vague family loyalty thing? Maybe. I guess some families are like that. You know, they feel connected to anyone who shares a biological connection to them. But my family wasn't that way. Not the ones I'd met, anyway. My mother disappeared, and my father died when I was little. I barely remembered either of them. I had pictures, of course, back when I was human, 
but now when I tried to remember them, I couldn't tell whether the memories were real or just something I'd made up. Sometimes I wondered if this was all an illusion, that I'd never actually had a mother and father, that I'd never really been human. I was a freak of nature. No, that wasn't right either. Nature, at its most perverse, could not create me. I was a freak of technology, of alien technology. I was a bird with the mind of a human boy. Or, I was a boy with the body of a bird. Either way, that woman I saw through the glass, the woman now channel surfing with a remote control and stopping at CNN, that woman did not know me. Not the old me, or the real me. Surprise, Cousin Arya, your adopted son is a red-tailed hawk. I said, <clears throat> how do we find out? Rachel asked. What? Oh, I guess we follow her. Watch her. Observe. If she's a controller, she'll need to go to the yurt pool within the next three days. We can't watch her continuously, Rachel said. Maybe not, I admitted. But maybe we can find out enough. Look, she's getting a phone call. She looks puzzled. Now she's... Excited. There she goes. Arya, if this was Arya, hefted a camera bag onto her shoulder. She paused in front of a full-length mirror, adjusting her hair and checking her clothes carefully. Don't worry about your hair, Rachel sniped. Do something about that dress. I laughed. But at the same time, something bothered me about what I'd just seen. Something... But then the woman was out the door of her room and out of sight. We should swing around to the front door, watch her come out, Rachel said. Yeah, let's just hope she doesn't drive or catch a cab. Why? Ever try flying fast enough to keep up with a car? Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs Auditory Experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel, and if it sounds a little noisy right now, it is because we are officially back in the hot months, folks. I am sweating, and I got my fans going, and my windows open, and I'll suffer for uh, the actual story, but I won't suffer for these end-of-show notes, so um, you're just going to have to deal with it, I guess. <laughs> um, but also, speaking of end-of-show notes, I don't actually have uh, really too much here. Just the standard stuff. I didn't get anything written in. But if you would like to write into the show, you can do that in so many ways. So many. I just have so many options for you. I'm like an Applebee's. You can uh, do it on Tumblr. That's audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. You can do it through Gmail. That's audiomorphscast at gmail.com. Or you can do it through my website. That's theapodcalypse.com. Theapodcalypse. Like apocalypse, but with a D in the middle. You can also hit me up on Twitter, that's at Audiomorphs, um, and that's also where you should check if this show is ever late. I'll be posting um, news updates from there. Uh, let's see. Also, if you use Apple Podcasts and would like to leave me a rating or review, I sure would appreciate it. If you'd like to tell a friend about this, that'd be cool as well. I mentioned it earlier, but I have a website, theapodcalypse.com. Oh, there is a car outside. I bet you can hear that. I'm going to do some sound uh sound editing stuff on this but you're gonna for sure hear that that was loud uh 
But as I was saying, as I mentioned earlier, theapocalypse.com is my website where I host all my uh, creative projects, which currently actively means just one other podcast. Um, and even then, I've been kind of spotty on upload. Sorry. But uh, into the rewatch podcast, we're currently rewatching Riverdale. We just started season five. Um, actually, we're still in the middle of season four by my release date. But real time, we just finished watching uh, started season four and just started season five. So great time to hop on. And by great time, I mean like four or five weeks from now will be a great time to hop on if you're curious. Other than that, um, don't don't have much. Um, I might be late around the July 4th weekend. Um, but other than that, see you next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. <laughs>